0: Welcome to the Mexico Business Now podcast. This is A View from the Top, an open space for industry experts to share knowledge, information and expertise on the most relevant topics, events and happenings on their corresponding sectors. Welcome everyone to this special edition of the Mexico Business Now podcast. I'm your host, Sofia Hanna, and here with us today is Daniela Muñoz, founder and CEO of Yoyo and Transalud. Transalud is a complete, comprehensive, empathetic, sensitive, and diverse healthcare community with adequate prices and dignified human care. And Yoyo is the first company in the world to allow everyone to profit from everything without losing anything, satisfying the social demand for a more efficient economic paradigm. Daniela, thank you so much for your time, for being here. We are truly honored. Now, before we start with the questions, I would like to open the floor for you to introduce yourself, the companies you represent, and your role within them. (laughs)
1: sure well first i hate when i present myself saying that i'm a physician and also a philosopher because we all are not just what we studied we are not just our history instead we are what we can do for all of us we are what we can offer to humanity and that's how i love to describe myself i am a tool for my community my lgbt community I'm just that. Nevertheless, of course, I also studied medicine and also philosophy and my PhD is in gender philosophy and philosophy of economics and also some other academic stuffs. Well, my two enterprise, my two startups, one of them is YoYo. That's the name. That's a marketplace in which we all can rent everything and we all can sell and buy everything between each other. Why rent everything? Because we are trying to give to the world different tools to achieve some uh, economics, some way to trade more democratically. For example, if we use circular economic, we can afford to the world different ways in which we can distribute richness in a more democratic way, for example. That's the renting model in which if you can rent your car, for example, you don't have to spend enormous amounts of money to uh, achieve your car so you can monetize everything you have you can monetize everything you want you can monetize everything you know also you can monetize your time and the renting model provides a way in which the accumulation can be disappearing in approximately two or three generations now trans salute is a clinic specialized in lgbt attention specifically trans health attention we have two years uh, of practice and right now we have 1,400 patients. So Transalute is a clinic that is taking care of the health of trans community and LGBT community in general, from Alaska to Chile. And we function as a social enterprise because our consultation cost is very low, a philanthropic cost, $15 each medical consultation of one hour of all uh, specialties. And we also provide surgical attention at very, very low cost. Why? Because we know that LGBT community have deep necessities, historical necessities. So that's our, my startups.
0: Thank you. It's really great to hear directly from you all the ideas behind these businesses. And speaking of this, I would like to ask you, how did your personal journey inspire you to found both YoYo and Transalud?
1: <laughs> well, necessity, indeed. The most of the startups, at least here in in LATAM, emerge due to necessity. We have to know that necessity is the mother of creativity and inventiveness. Painful time in my life when I was unemployed because I am a transgender, trans woman. In that deep moment of my existence, somehow emerged the idea first of Yo-Yo because in one moment I had no money, no job. I had nothing in that moment of my life. So it was a Thursday at night and I was looking into my living room and I said, okay, I can sell everything that I have and uh, start some little business in my neighborhood. And somehow the idea emerged of renting everything that I have because if I sell what I have and the business that I am starting do not succeed, well, I will not have neither things, neither money, nothing, you know. So in that moment, I began the search in Google, some marketplace that allows me to rent everything. And I realized that this kind of marketplace doesn't exist in that moment. So it was like a fire in my head. Imagine the idea of this marketplace, the ultimate marketplace, no? In that moment, I decided to create Jojo, the first marketplace where you can, okay, yes, indeed, you can sell and buy everything between users like Amazon, like Mercado Libre, like Linio, like Segunda Mano, like all the other marketplaces. And also, the first marketplace that allows you to rent Literally everything, from a beautiful pin to an entire building, even airplanes and uh, helicopters, and also your time. I mean, with this marketplace with JoJo, you can rent your know-how in order to have job. You know in that way, you will never depend again from an enterprise that can be qualifying your person because of your gender or because of your sexuality. With this tool, with JoJo, you can rent your know-how, you can rent your knowledge whenever you want, whatever you want and however you want. So that's when and how JoJo's born. And Transalud, it was a little bit different because I was in 2021 and some people here in, in, in Mexico came with me and said, hey, you you are a physician, right? Yes, I am a physician. And tell me, you are also a trans woman. Yes, of course I am. Okay, well, you have to give us medical attention because you have to know that trans community needs more than ever right now in in this pandemic time, uh, medical attention. Because in, in the pandemic time, nobody had medical attention. Of course, my community has less opportunities, you know. So I decided to begin medical attention at very low cost through these technological tools like Zoom, like Google Meet, and it explodes (laughs) from from zero patients to now, as I mentioned, 1,400 patients from Chile to Alaska. And we have also patients right now from Russia, from Spain, from Vienna. And this is because the necessity of medical attention in the trans community is all over the world, you know. We are worldwide an affected community, historically affected, systematically affected. So that's why we decided to begin Transalute.
0: Sure, I can see how this is a huge area of opportunity, especially with the pandemic, which made everything much more difficult. And with all the experience you've gained, which do you see as the main obstacles to inclusiveness in the corporate environment?
1: Huge question. We will speak all the days, and specifically in June, we'll talk about inclusion and diversity. But inclusion, true inclusion, is not when the hetero and cis population is saying, hey, LGBT community, come here and we will help you and we will save you. No, that's not inclusion. Inclusion is when hetero people, when cis people, when cisgender people realize that they are also part of diversity that they have to be included in lgbt uh, diversity because sexual diversity is not just lgbt community sexual diversity is not just gays or trans sexual diversity is all the humanity and when companies uh, understand that true inclusion will begin to happen but i see many obstacles i don't know where to start you know but the main obstacle in companies is that companies believe that our attention, specifically the medical attention of trans community, believe that it's, it's a matter of aesthetic. is something not important. Nevertheless, our uh, health, I mean, the health of everyone, the most important factor of human health is happiness. is the stability of our psychology and emotions and feelings. And when we do not achieve what we need to harmonize our figure, our identity, this happiness, these feelings, these emotions, this psychology destabilize itself. So that's why companies and the enterprise have to know that our transition is not something about aesthetics. It is something about psychological stability, emotions, feelings, happiness, That's why also the the state here in Mexico doesn't afford, doesn't provide, for example, surgeries for our community, because they believe that this is something aesthetic, you know. Nevertheless, I have to say that companies like Walmart, companies like Medicos Sin Fronteras, companies like Amnistia Internacional, are achieving alliances with Transalute, with my clinic, in order to provide medical attention to their workers, LGBT workers, I have to say, and trans workers. Through these alliances, we can afford for free medical attention for the Walmart workers, trans Walmart workers, and LGBT Walmart workers. So these are the first efforts, very transcendental efforts, but this is because very specific people in Walmart, very specific people in uh, Medicos Sin Fronteras, and also very specific people in uh, Amnistia Internacional, I have to say, trans people and also LGBT people are those who are trying to create these alliances. This is because in these kind of companies, we have representation because without these people, In those companies, we could never achieve that kind of alliances for our trans community, our LGBT community. This is the other big obstacle, that we have not sufficient representation in the companies, LGBT representation, trans representation.
0: Of course, I believe this podcast opens the door to reaching audiences beyond Mexico, and hopefully helping to generate awareness about these issues. Circling back to Mexico and Latin America... What can you tell about the specific obstacles faced by the community in these territories? What is different from other places?
1: The first obstacle, as you may know, is the economic factor. The money seems to be painful when I realized that one hour of my medical consultation, even this philanthropic consultation of $15, means around two or three months of saving of one patient. Because... Most of them come to me very happy and said, hey, Daniela, I saved three months of my money. Here you have my $15. Three months of their lives means one hour of mine. Why? This is quite painful, you know. Of course, the main factor is the money. But why we don't have money because of discrimination, because of the stigmas? Because if you are a trans woman, it means that you can only work in sexual work that sexual work is work, I have to say, as medical work. Nevertheless, we don't have access to economy. We don't have access to education. We don't have access to existence. So that means that your economic possibilities will be amputated. So the main factor here in Mexico and LATAM is that we don't have financial tools to exist, to succeed in this economic individualistic system. The other obstacles that we have in LGBT community and trans community is that, of course, the state doesn't care about us, but also the private initiative. So we have to create our own tools. So that's why have to exist a clinic like Transalut, made by a trans woman that all, all the 21 specialists in Transalut are also LGBT community specialists, because neither the state nor the private initiative care about our healthcare. so the very main obstacle is of course the access to the economy democratic economy another and the second factor is that we do not represent an important population
0: Thank you, Daniela. Given that you're very vocal on these issues, it is very important to be aware of what is going on. And as you mentioned, sadly, this system is based on taking before you can receive even the most basic things, such as rights, inclusion, etc. So could you share with us the importance of visibility and vocalization of the challenges faced by the LGBTQ plus community and what role they play in the creation of inclusivity and fairer opportunities?
1: It is the most important part, perhaps. For example the mention of our existence in other spaces like the Cámara de Diputados and Cámara de Senadores here in Mexico has achieved very huge changes for our transgender health care. For example, we have right now protocols from the IMSS, the Mexican Institute of Social Security. We have now protocols in the Secretaria de Salud, Ministry of Health. Right now, we have protocols for our attention, and these kind of protocols was just an utopia five, 10 years ago. And this is because many of us, many LGBT community, trans community have right now representation in these very important spaces like Cámara de Diputados and Cámara de Senadores. These kind of people are working to create legal tools that can protect us in the health system. So of course we need to exist in the talk. I mean, this is like a stairs. We have first to exist in the talk of the population in order to exist in the legal realm. And when we exist in the legal realm, we can also exist as a person with rights, with liberties, with access to many things like healthcare. So indeed, making echo of our existence, making echo of our realities is the first one huge step in order to achieve equality and then in the future equity.
0: Perfect Daniela. Now before moving on I'd like to touch on the necessities of the community and ask what role does economic freedom play in the well-being and increased inclusion of LGBTQ plus individuals?
1: Economic freedom that's a funny term because we're right now believe that economic freedom means that you can buy a car and also you can buy a house and also you can go to vacations to Europe or, I don't know, Asia. That's not economic freedom. Economic freedom, we all can have economic freedom. The problem is that these economic systems insist in all of us to expend our money, everything, and also desire always something else. We spend our life desiring and accumulating things. That's not economic freedom. Economic freedom is when you don't have necessities, when you don't have intersectionality. As I see and also as Pepe Mujica see, the economic freedom is the following explanation. Two different kinds of people, the people that desire and the people who needs. Seems a paradox when you see that the people that just desire, I mean, the people that have huge amount of money, do not have economic freedom because they always desire to have more, to buy more, to expend more. But it seems very beautiful when the people with needs, when they satisfy their very primary needs, like food, like a house, a roof, where to live, they actually have economic freedom. Nevertheless, here... Now, the freedom economic is not enough in order to satisfy the necessities in terms of health, because the healthcare system in the private initiative is not possible to pay the attention. And when you want to be part of the social system care, you will be attended around six or one year after you you begin the process. So who can spend one year of the life waiting for medical attention. So economic freedom is not enough right now to satisfy the necessities, the needs in terms of health.
0: You bring up a very important point there that touches on something you mentioned earlier. And necessity was the catalyst that created Transalud and Yoyo. And pointing out the difference between necessities and desires is very relevant. As you brought up, there must be an understanding of the necessities of the LGBTQ plus community, comprehending it not as an aesthetic desire. It is a necessity for their psychological and emotional well-being. Following this train of thought, what do you believe to be the greatest challenges of economic inequality that the community faces?
1: Great. Well, the greatest challenges seems to be that we have to make that private initiative and also the stake work together. How? Well... We're trying to change the law regarding taxes here in Mexico, and we are working to change that law in order to make that every single money expended in transgender health and LGBT health can be used to solve these taxes for the enterprise by the 100%. So in this way, the companies and enterprises will expend money in trans health and LGBT health. And this money will be used in order to solve the, the access of these companies. So this will provide more attention for us for free and will also help to the, the economic of the country because the amount of money that the state spends in the complications of self-medication and some other illness caused by self-medication is 10 times bigger than the health provided. This initiative to change this law regarding the taxes, of course, provide benefits to private initiative and also benefits to the state because the state will expend 10 times less and the private initiative can use this money that they will expend in our health in order to satisfy the tax needs.
0: That's amazing, Daniela. We hope to see more development on that it is crucial to keep moving forward one step at a time, closing gaps to obtain the same spaces and opportunities as the heteronormative system. On that topic, what other options do you see for everyone to help close these different gaps?
1: Sure. The main problem in this uh, economic system, I mean capitalism, is not the accumulation. The problem is not the individuality. The problem is, is beyond that. I mean... The problem in human history is not the the economic system, it's not capitalism, it's not socialism, it's not uh, communism. The problem is that we do not share. That's the problem. Because if we always try to accumulate in every system, capitalism, socialism, uh, communism, if we just accumulate, if we just gather a huge amount of money, if we create more Elon Musk, for example, we are concentrating the richness in a few people. Sounds ridiculous that the 1% of the population, the the richest people, the richest 1% of the population have the 80% of the money of the world. And this 1% produce the contamination of the 50% of the world's pollution. The problem is that we concentrate richness. The problem is that we do not distribute in a more healthy way the privileges, the richness. And this is the biggest chance that we have as a humanity. If we want to progress as a species, we have to share what we have. The problem is not to have privileges. The problem is that we do not share the privileges. And we have to be aware that the biggest privilege is to share our privilege. That could repair many problems in the human history. If if we were able to share what we have, every economic system would work.
0: Once again, thank you so much for sharing your ideas with us, Daniela. As a way to start closing our interview, I'd like to ask you, what are your hopes for Transalud in the near future? What changes do you expect to see? And what are some that you have seen that give you hope?
1: Well, the first is the number. We have changed the life of more than 1,000 people, 1,400 people. We have changed their lives because 80 percent of them... They were self-prescribing, so we have changed their lives in in terms of excellence in health, as we say here in salute. We are trying to reach at least 1% of the population, trans population here in Mexico. In numbers, in Mexico, we exist around one one and a half million trans people, and we are uh, trying to achieve at least 1% of that number. We want, of course, to grow as an international clinic. As we say, we are a clinic with UB uh, because we are a virtual clinic that can take care of the health of uh, many people, even if they are in uh, La Patagonia or wherever they are. You know? So as a challenge that we have, we want to to attend trans people in all countries in the world. And something that gives me hope is that from two years to now, we grow to zero patients to 1,400, so we will make it.
0: Of course, that is a real need. And what do you think that having access to the appropriate healthcare means for young people in the community?
1: Hope, of course, means hope, means to believe in our humanity, means to believe that, that, that we are, as a species, We are trying to change our course of history. means that not everything is lost. When initiatives like Transalud, like Clinica Condesa, what gives to young generations is hope. And that's what we need as a humanity. Uh, Recently, we have lost many, many of that hope because the panorama seems to be very hard and more difficult day by day. So... What we are giving to the youngest generations is hope.
0: That's really nice to hear, especially coming from you, Daniela. If you could give a piece of advice to anyone listening to the podcast, what would it be?
1: Sure. The same message that I always try to give. Social and cultural changes in human history are quite difficult. This fight that we have right now, this social fight, seems to be almost impossible seems to be an utopia, but always have in mind the following words the only thing that is impossible are things that you do not attempt and if you try it the impossible things only cost a little bit more so try it always
0: Amazing, Daniela. Thank you. Lastly, are there any podcasts or books you could recommend, especially for people who aren't very well-versed on this subject and would like to initiate in this path of understanding?
1: Well, the first one, this book everything, talks about everything we mentioned here. Is a book from Pepe Mujica, the ex-president of Uruguay. This book is Pepe Mujica en sus palabras, Pepe Mujica in its words. Is the book. It's a huge book. So please uh, read a, a little bit more of Pepe Mujica and your life will absolutely change.
0: Of course. Great. I really enjoyed listening from you, learning about your ideas and perspective and the way you're trying to help others, sharing your ideology and taking action to change the paradigms regarding the community. So thank you very much. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you all for this echo and these spaces that are very fertile for our community. Thank you so much.
0: For everyone listening, go check out Daniela's social media and LinkedIn and everything Transalud and you are doing. This is not a fight for the day, but a constant effort that requires everyone to be a part of it. Don't forget to follow us, leave a rating and a review on whichever streaming platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about Mexico's business ecosystem, don't miss out on our audio articles written by experts across all our industries. And we'll see you next Monday with a new View from the Top.